When I was in high school, my friend Mary was famous for driving around town in her mom's old station wagon with her left foot up on the door, stuck out the window as she drove. One day driving out to an event, we began to hear a loud noise coming from the engine. Clickety-clack, clickety-clack, clickety-clack. What's that? We asked each other. I turned down the radio to see if we could figure out what it might be. We were 17 years old. We had no idea what clickety-clack might indicate. Ugh, she grunted, and she jacked up the volume on the radio, twice as loud as it had been before. What are you doing? I asked. Well, I don't know what the noise is, so I don't want to hear it. Don't we so often deal with puzzling things that way? They don't fit into how we think the world is or should be. So we just turn up the volume on the distractions. And there's a book in the Bible that we in many Christian churches treat kind of like that. And that's the Song of Songs. You might've also heard it called the Song of Solomon or Canticles. It's an ancient erotic poem and it is steamy stuff. And there it is nestled in between the totally depressing book of Ecclesiastes and the fiery prophetic words of Isaiah. At least in my Protestant Bible, that's where it sits. Other versions of the Bible put it in other places. Song of Songs celebrates the sensual erotic love of a young woman and a young man. Now, there are many efforts to tame this poem, to turn up the radio and pretend we don't hear it for what it is. For instance, because the man refers to her a couple of times as his bride, I was always told that this was a man and woman celebrating their wedding. Well, weirdest wedding ever, if that's the case. If it's their wedding day, what's she doing asking him where he works? If they're celebrating their wedding, what's she doing running around town trying to find him and getting beaten up by a security guard who doesn't approve of their love? If they're getting married, why do they wish they were brother and sister so that they could be together all the time? Now, if you have your hanky ready to wipe your brow, let me read you a little bit more. She says, Listen, my beloved is knocking open to me, my sister, my darling, my dove, my flawless one. My head is drenched with dew. My hair is damp with the night. I've taken off my robe. Must I put it on again? I've washed my feet. Must I soil them again? My beloved thrust his hand through the latch opening. My heart began to pound for him. I arose to open for my beloved and my hands dripped with myrrh, my fingers with flowing myrrh on the handles of the bolt. I don't know, I might've broken some internet terms of service with that steamy stuff. It's shocking, it's puzzling, it's totally inappropriate. I hope no children heard that. And yet of the various versions of the Bible that exist within Judaism and Christianity, all of them include this poem. Huh? We don't know very much about how this book made its way into the accepted scriptures for Jews. It makes no mention of God. It has no direct relevance to the story of the people of Israel. Unlike the book of Proverbs, it does not give any sanctimonious advice about how to live an upright life. And in fact, it shouts that you are wonderful exactly as you are in a world where some will approve of your sexuality and some will not. 
chances are it was simply beloved literature to ancient Jews because it is such a joyful, uninhibited celebration of life and love and sex. The earliest information we have about it is that a great rabbi of ancient times declared, the Song of Songs was bestowed on, was the day the Song of Songs was bestowed on us is the most blessed of days because whereas all of the scriptures are holy, the Song of Songs is the holiest of holies. And indeed our Jewish siblings don't avoid this poem as much as most of us in Christian congregations do. In fact, it's traditionally read at Passover and some in the Hasidic community read it every week at the Sabbath. And I think that's a great way to start a weekend. But the faithful have wanted for centuries to turn up the radio to drown out this joyful clickety clack. And so it's most frequently interpreted as an allegory of God's love for us. No, no, this argument goes, don't work up a sweat. It's not about two people who are hot for each other. It's just a tale about how much God loves us. Okay, it is a beautiful idea that God loves us with the passion of a lover. But I'd like to lower the volume on that distraction and reclaim the scriptures for what they are. So let's encounter this text and every other in all their mystery, their power, their beauty, and at times their horrors. Phyllis Tribble, a, a beloved Christian scholar of the Hebrew scriptures, always sought out and uncovered what she called the depatriarchalizing messages in the Bible. And she reads Song of Songs as a parallel to the Garden of Eden story. The Garden of Eden was an innocent, protected place appropriate for children. The Song of Songs is paradise for adults who live in the real world. As Tribble points out, the man and woman in Song of Songs are naked and not ashamed. They create their own paradise by treating each other with tenderness and respect. In this paradise, the body is the garden. Like when it says, I went down to the grove of nut trees to look at the new growth in the valley. Make no mistake, that is not talking about the countryside. Every Sunday before worship, a group, a group of us get together in Bible in the Middle and we read and discuss the scripture for that day. And you're always welcome to join us if you haven't already. A couple of weeks ago, we were reading about the prophet Elijah. Some of you might remember the incident where Elijah slaughters 500 priests who worship the Canaanite god Baal. The author of this biblical story clearly approved of Elijah's actions, killing these worshipers of a false god. If we were to decide that everything each Bible author says is normative for us, then such stories could easily justify the kinds of horrors that we see from fundamentalist religions of all stripes killing, punishing, and shunning apostates, hiding women away and denying them an education, denying people access to reproductive services, sexual orientation and gender expression being confined to hetero and cisnormative straitjackets. That's what you get when you choose to turn up the radio volume to cover the sound of your conscience. That's what you get when you cover up the clickety-clack of the Song of Songs by either failing to read it all together or by pretending that it isn't what it is. 
a celebration of affectionate, respectful, passionate, and sexual love between two human beings and their friends. Literalism says you can't pick and choose when reading the Bible, but don't fall for that. Not only should you pick and choose, but there's no way around it. As our wonderful Reverend Natalie often points out to us, there's not one Bible, but several different versions of the Bible from various Jewish and Christian traditions. So as soon as you are holding one Bible in your hands, you've already picked and chosen. Our ancestors have given us a variety of scriptures and life has given us experience to pick what makes sense based on real world conditions. And God has given us hearts and brains to choose what is good and healthy and liberating. And at middle, we choose a hermeneutic of love, a way of reading scripture and living our faith that recognizing that what is love is God and what is not is not. Church, we drown out the sound of the Song of Songs at our own peril. This celebration of love beckons us to pay attention to when we are failing to live the full and joyful life that God intends for us. This song stands in stark contrast to chest-pounding tales of killing the so-called enemies of Yahweh. It's the Bible's own voice of dissent against any time where one person or people overpowers another. It's the Bible's own voice of dissent against anything that may, might make us feel that our bodies are ugly or sinful. It's the Bible's own voice of dissent against anything that denies the possibilities of true goodness, happiness, and love right here and now. If we tune into the clickety-clack that this song is making, we hear it beckoning us to live the way this fiercely loving couple lived, naked and unashamed, surrounded by friends who rejoice in our triumphs and come to our aid in our distress. This is paradise for adults. There is work to do. There are forces of oppression still lurking. In one section of the song, she says, my heart sank at my beloved's departure. I looked for him, but did not find him. I called, but he did not answer. The watchmen found me as they made their rounds in the city. They beat me, they bruised me, they took away my cloak, those watchmen of the walls. Daughters of Jerusalem, if you find my beloved, tell him I am faint with love. Friends, when we talk about bold love, fierce love, revolutionary love, we are talking about you and me creating a real world paradise, even where there are self-appointed watchmen, where there are watchmen of white supremacy, where there are people who think that they have the right to beat us down for daring at, to go out into the streets to pursue our passion for justice, for drawing outside the lines of gender, for loving who we love, for declaring that Black Lives Matter, that AAPI Lives Matter, for being God's beautiful rainbow people, loving each other and celebrating each other's passions. This is not a paradise where angels hold flaming swords, keeping all difficulties and problems away. It's a paradise where our love for one another and the self-love that allows us to fully enjoy it that becomes our collective power to fight for justice. 
the same ancient rabbi who blessed the day that the Song of Songs was bestowed on humanity, that same rabbi 2000 years ago also insisted that if we did not have the Torah, if we did not have the law or any instructions from God, we could learn everything we need to know by reading the Song of Songs. Friends, this song beckons you to sing your truest self, your most at ease self, your most I love this self, then you are the love that creates the paradise amidst the watchmen where joy and justice sing. <laughs>